You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Okay, good afternoon. We're dealing with closing up cases. And yesterday afternoon, we talked about a storage bin, a bit like a hopper, which is being cleared of trimmer wheat. And we explained that we don't oblige someone to clear away each individual grain, but he can just sweep it up in the usual way. And the Mishnah then goes on to say, look, if someone upsets a jar of oil, and this is trimmer oil, by the way, it's a jar of oil that's been tipped over, but this is trimmer oil. So we have to be careful about what we do with it. And we can't randomly destroy it, but it's spilt, it's gone. And... The language is exactly the same. Um, we don't force him. We don't force him to sit down and kind of scoop up all the little bits with his fingers. He can behave like it just as he does with chulin. In other words, he, you know, obviously if you can save it, you can save it, but if, it, if it's gone, it's gone. And Following along the same lines, where the Mishnah talks about someone who's finishing off not a, a hopper, but a a, um, a jug. Or this is, I mean, it, it would just, the, the Mishnah talks about a cud, a jar. I mean, I wonder whether this is not more like a barrel, actually. This is a big jar. And someone who pours from jar to jar and three drops drip. And what's going on here? He has emptied out his trimmer jar. So we've emptied out a trimmer jar. Maybe we've emptied out into a jar that's gone to the Kohen. And the jar seems to be empty. And, you know, in the way that all of us have done, maybe, you know, you think a jar is empty and just check. You hold it up and just three little drops drop out. And when those three little drops drop out, you know it's empty because nothing else is coming out. And then the Mishnah says, fine, that is it. You can put ordinary uh, chulin in it. You can put ordinary food in it. And you don't, you don't have to worry about the truma turning the food into muduma because effectively you've held it up, the three drops have dripped. That's it. It's considered empty. And then the Mishnah brings us a different case. What if he, he rather than just hold, and we don't, we've all done this, by the way, what if instead of holding it upside down to demonstrate it's empty and you get drip, 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 what if you're cleaning out the remains which, is in, which are inside? So rather than holding up, holding it up and letting it go drip, 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 we incline it onto the side and we let it all drizzle down gently to the bottom. I mean, I do this at home with a bottle of olive oil. I might put it upside down on its lid in the hope that the olive oil will drip down into the lid and then I can collect it. And it may only be a few drops, but there's a crucial distinction here, which is that the few drops I'm collecting, I'm intending to collect. It's not as if I'm holding the bottle up and I'm saying drip, 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 that's empty. I'm I'm tipping the barrel up or the jar up with the intention of carrying the few of, of uh, with the intention of collecting the few drops. And there the Mishnah explains it absolutely is trauma. 
because we're we're organizationally collecting it from the end of the the end of the jug, the end of the the, the barrel in order to get it ready for whatever is going in next. And then the Mishnah is going to suddenly, we're going to suddenly change tack in two in two completely separate directions. The first is Trumat Maser of Demai. Now, Demai is produce that might or might not have been tithed. If it absolutely has been tithed, then we know we need to take Trumat Maser. We have to, um, we have to give, we have to give Maser, the 10th portion, to the Levi. And a tenth of the tenth goes to the maser, goes to the kohen. The tenth of the tenth is the trumat maser. But this is not. This is this is trumat maser on demai. So we don't really know whether it's been tithed or not. Maybe the trumah's already been taken. Well, for maser, it's not so much of a problem because maser is not forbidden to um, non-priests. But for trumat maser, which has to be given to the kohen. It's an issue, and if it's really, um, if it was really, if we were taking real trumat maser, in other words, if we know, if we knew it hadn't been taken, we'd have to give any quantity to the kohen. But this is trumat maser of demai. We don't know whether it's been taken or not. So we're going to take it, if you like, lechumra. We're going to take it just in case. And the question the mission asks is, well, okay, back into the back into the theme of you know what are minimal quantities? Well, how much has there got to be to make it worth taking to a kohen? If it's if 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 it's a minimal quantity, maybe you can just destroy it. And the mission comes back and uh, and answers, look, it's an it's an eighth of an eighth, i.e., a sixty fourth of a log. I.e., this is quite a small quantity. And Anything less than that, you can just you, you can just get rid of and destroy. The Mishnah is then going to give one more boundary case before we get on to closing the track date, and these are to do with vetches. Now, vetches are karshine or karshinim, which are translated by all the dictionaries as um, well. The Latin is vitia. The English is vetch. The Latin is vitia. It's some kind of nitrogen-fixing leguminous plant. In other words, it's a, a plant that has got beans growing below the, 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 the soil. And I was struck by the fact that Wikipedia said that it's considered a weed when it's found growing in cultivated grain fields. But it is often grown as green manure or livestock fodder or a rotation crop. It's something you basically feed to animals. And of course, we know that stuff you feed to animals is not trimmer. In order for something to be trimmer, remember, it's got to be something you can eat or something you can drink or something you can anoint with, you can smear on yourself. So why are we dealing with trimmer of vichya sativa at all? Well, there's a statement in the in the Yerushalmi, and I put this on the source sheets, actually. When did they decree about vetches, about vitchia? And Rabbi Yossi says, during a famine. It looks as though this plant, this vitchia sativa, is generally an animal food, 
but it's subject to trauma because in times of fat, because it could be a human food. <laughs> so it's it's halfway between a human food and an animal and an animal food. And the rabbis made a gazera at a time of famine that it's really a huge that it, it it's subject to trauma. And so the Mishnah will ask, and we're going to close with this Mishnah. You can give them to cattle and to wild beasts and to fowls. And I think this applies to... I think this applies to... I'm not sure whether this applies to cattle and wild beasts and fowls that belong to Kohenim or not. Because the Mishnah goes on to say, if Israel if an Israelite hired a Kohen, hired a cow from a Kohen, he can give it vetches of truma. In other words, you can feed vetches of truma to a cow that belongs to a Kohen. And it doesn't work the other way. A priest, a Kohen hired a cow from an Israelite. He can't feed it with vetches of trouble. And then the Mishnah talks about a, a system which feels a bit like a modern sort of share, a modern contract for differences in terms of shares. So an Israelite can take a share in a cow from a priest by essentially taking it from him at a fixed price. And the contract is that the Israelite essentially feeds the cow and takes a share in any profit or appreciation. So the Israelite, the Yisrael, has a financial stake in the appreciation of the cow from its that that results from his feeding. And the Mishnah comes to say that if the Israelite takes a share in a cow like this from feed, he can't feed it with vetches of trauma. It's the it the the cow. The, the cow might, in terms of its core ownership, belong to the Kohen, but the financial benefits of ownership belong with the Yisrael because he's feeding it and he's getting rewarded for feeding it in proportion to its sale value. He effectively holds the economic rights to the cow, even though he doesn't own it from his physical point of view. And he can't feed it with vetches of trauma. And it goes the other way, just as you would expect. If a priest takes a share of a cow from a Israel, in other words, the priest is feeding it and is benefiting economically from the increase in value, he can feed that the Kohen can feed it on vetches of trauma. So it's a it's a weird boundary case. We're dealing with boundaries of ownership, and we're dealing with a food which is on the boundary line between being a human food and being an animal food. And that's how the Mishnah is bringing us to the close of the Tractate of Terumot. And tomorrow we will learn the final Mishnah in the Tractate. We'll close off the Tractate with a discussion about Shemen Serifah. In other words, oil of, of truma which has become unclean and which, which has to be burnt. And we'll learn about what kind of purposes you can put Shemen Serefah to. Uh, it, this Mishnah is reflected in, in some way in uh, a Mishnah in Shabbat in Bamim Atlikim. So tomorrow we'll learn about Shemen Serefah. But until that point, we've nearly finished 
the Mishnah of Terumot. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.